the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Senate's bipartisan effort on gun control. There's still a lot of work to do. There's still a long way to go. But I'm really encouraged by today's announcement. Ratings for the January 6th commission are less than stellar. There's going to be the great American tune-out. Gas has topped $5 a gallon for the first time ever. We've got 240,000 barrels as well coming uh, uh, from other nations. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, June 13th. I'm Mike Scott. China's defense ministry accused the U.S. on Sunday of trying to hijack the support of countries in the Asia-Pacific region to turn them against Beijing, saying Washington is seeking to advance its own interest under the guise of multilateralism. U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin rejected that accusation, however, saying that the Indo-Pacific region is the base of American strategy. Today, the Indo-Pacific is at the heart of American grand strategy. And today, senior American officials, including the president, the vice president, the secretary of state, the national security advisor, and so many others travel constantly in this region. And today, American statecraft is rooted in this reality. No region will do more to set the trajectory of the 21st century than this one. And so the Indo-Pacific is our center of strategic gravity. Austin went on to stress the need for multilateral partnerships with nations in the Indo-Pacific region, which China suggested was an attempt to back that country into a corner. And I'm proud that our unparalleled network of alliances and partnerships has only deepened since the last time that I was in Singapore. We've achieved an extraordinary amount in the past 11 months. And that progress is rooted in working together. Austin went on to maintain China's military activity around the Taiwan Strait threatens the entire region. We've witnessed a steady increase in provocative and destabilizing military activity near Taiwan. And that includes PLA aircraft flying near Taiwan in record numbers in recent months. Austin said rules matter on an international level. And it's a preview of a possible world of chaos and turmoil that none of us would want to live in. So we understand what we could lose. We see the dangers of disorder. Meantime, China has been rapidly modernizing its military and seeking to expand its influence in the region. China recently signed a security agreement with the Solomon Islands that many fear could lead to a Chinese naval base in the Pacific. 
CBS reporter Elizabeth Palmer explains how the U.S. military is preparing for the potential conflict with China. The group is known as the Quad, and the president posed with the other leaders, Japan's Fumio Kishida, India's Narendra Modi, and a freshly elected Anthony Albanese from Australia. The United States must and will be strong, steady, and enduring partner in the Indo-Pacific. That engagement is anchored by America's huge military presence in the region. There are around 55,000 U.S. troops in Japan alone. Palmer goes on to say that Marines training in Japan have the defense of Taiwan on their minds. The enemy in this exercise is another U.S. platoon, but there isn't a Marine involved today that doesn't know this is a rehearsal for a possible Chinese invasion of Taiwan. When you're uh, doing these kinds of exercises these days, is Taiwan on your mind? That's 100%. Right. It is, is it? Yes, ma'am. Uh, especially looking at the train, things like that. This yeah. is what we would encounter there. Taking a look at Washington, D.C., Senate bargainers have announced a bipartisan framework that responds to last month's shootings in New York and Texas. It's a measured breakthrough offering modest gun curbs and bolstered efforts to improve school safety and some mental health programs. The proposal falls far short of tougher curbs long sought by President Joe Biden and many progressive Democrats. Even so, if the accord leads to an enactment of some legislation, it would signal a turn after years of stalemate in Congress. Twenty senators, including ten Republicans, released a statement calling for passage. That's potentially crucial because the biggest obstacle to enacting the measure is probably in the 50-50 Senate, where at least ten GOP votes will be needed to attain the usual 60-vote threshold for approval. Delaware Senator Chris Coons is part of that bipartisan working group and joined CNN's Dana Bash to discuss the framework of a deal. Coons says they took their cues from Florida former Governor Rick Scott. After the Florida shooting, the Parkland shooting, um, then-Governor Rick Scott signed into law a so-called red flag law, Mm -hmm. a law that with due process protections makes it possible for local law enforcement to remove a gun or guns from someone who's demonstrably a threat to themselves and others. Kuhn says that while there is still work to be done, he's encouraged and feels that red flag laws may help curb some of the violence. If it had been in place in the states of New York and in Texas, uh, it's possible that that would have helped prevent um, these mass shootings uh, in Buffalo and in Uvalde. Uh, There's another provision of this framework, Dana, that we've just released that includes an expanded uh, waiting period, a strengthened Mm -hmm. background check uh, for anyone 18 to 21 seeking to buy a long gun. Let me just say there's still a lot of work to do. There's still a long way to go, but I'm really encouraged by today's announcement. Kuhn says a final deal is yet to be put in place. There are provisions that will be tricky. Um, There's likely to be a provision around straw purchasers and increasing uh, some of the penalties. There's likely to be a provision around the definition of what it means to be engaged in the business of selling firearms Mm -hmm. uh, that would help somewhat uh, with the gun show loophole, for example. Um, Those will be difficult, and uh, we shouldn't 
we shouldn't take a victory lap yet, but uh, I'm so grateful for the leadership that senators like Chris Murphy and John Cornyn have shown in getting us to this point, and I'm optimistic um, that the pressure that we are all feeling from our mm-hmm. constituents to act and to deliver real results uh, will get us uh, to the president's desk with legislation this time. Well, the ratings are in, and it seems like Americans aren't watching the January 6th hearings. According to Cable News Watch, only 4.5 million people watched the hearing on ABC, while NBC and CBS only got roughly 3 million viewers. During the evening's most popular time slots, ABC, NBC, and CBS took major hits as very few people tuned in for the night's propaganda theater. The Hill's Joe Concha said that on an average night, the networks normally get about 20 million viewers combined. Thursday night's fiasco, from a viewership standpoint, reeled in only 11 million. Former U.S. Congressman J.D. Hayworth says the January 6 hearings on Thursday fell short of expectations. And really a lack of drama. There, There's nothing to this thing. I think uh, you've heard of the great resignation. There's going to be the great American tune-out. Hayworth says the effort by Democrats to divert attention away from the party's troubles may actually backfire. It's just overwrought, over the top, and in the final analysis, it's about as compelling as watching paint dry. Authorities have charged a 26-year-old California resident with attempted murder of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Nicholas Roski was armed with a gun and a knife and threatened to kill the justice, reflecting a heightened level of potential danger, not just for members of the nation's high court, but all judges. Round-the-clock security given to the justices after the leak of a draft opinion in a major abortion case may well have averted a tragedy. Meantime, the Senate has passed a proposal to provide additional security measures for the justices. Another would offer more privacy and protection for all federal judges. The House has yet to take up the measures. Speaking with the Salem Radio Network, former Senator Jim Talent worries about the respect of the Supreme Court. You know, we don't want anybody killed. We don't want a Supreme Court justice killed. But because of the potential for damage to judicial independence, which is a key part of a democracy. Talent told Hugh Hewitt both the safety of all the justices and for the court as an institution is on the line. There's only two things that democracies, all democracies have. One of them is a respect for the value of human beings, which is the reason Everybody's entitled to participate in their own government through elections, but the other is the rule of law. And the key to a rule of law is a robust, independent judiciary so that people can vindicate the rights they have against the state. Initial vote counts have been released in the Alaska special primary for the state's only U.S. House seat. And it looks like former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin appears poised to advance to Alaska's special general election for the House. Daybreak Insider's Ben Thomas has more details on the numbers inside this story. 
The Associated Press has not declared any winners, but the initial results show Republican former Governor Sarah Palin with 29.8% of the votes counted so far. Republican Nick Begich has 19.3%, while Independent Al Gross has 12.5%, and Democrat Mary Peltola 7.5%. Another Republican, Tara Sweeney, has 5.3%. 48 candidates have been running for the seat, held for 49 years by the late Congressman Don Young. The top four will advance to an August special election. The election was conducted primarily by mail, and election officials planned several days of ballot counts. I'm Ben Thomas. Yellowstone's Mount Doan Peak gets a new name. The National Park Service announced last week that Yellowstone's Mount Doan would be renamed First People's Mountain. The agency said Thursday the change was taken to remove what they call an offensive name from America's first national park. Fox and Friends' Will Kane addressed the name change. Yellowstone National Park is now being renamed because of its allegedly offensive history. The National Park Service saying Mount Doan will now be called the First People's Mountain. Gustav Doan is credited with leading the first official exploration into what is today Yellowstone National Park. But the Park Services say Doan also led a deadly attack against American Indians following the alleged murder of a fur trader. 173 were reportedly killed in that attack. Inflation has Americans facing grocery store price hikes at levels not seen since the inflation-soaked 1970s. Some are seeing double-digit increases on everything from eggs to poultry, according to the latest Consumer Price Index from the Labor Department. PBS NewsHour's Judy Woodruff explains just how bad inflation has become. The pain has not peaked, but is still getting worse. The U.S. Labor Department reports consumer prices rose 8.6% in May, compared with a year ago. That marked the biggest increase in more than 40 years, going back to December of 1981. But some of the starkest increases were in the food-at-home sector, where the cost of groceries surged by almost 12% for the year ending in May which is the largest year-over-year increase since 1979. Town Hall finance editor and host of the new podcast, Meeting of the Minds, Jerry Boyer, explains why we're in an inflation spiral and how we may be able to get out of it. We're looking at a bear market, with U.S. markets recently down as much as 20%. That's twice as big as a drop as it takes to qualify as a bear market. So why is this happening? because there's no easy way off of a bubble. During the Great Recession, the U.S. government poured truly staggering amounts of money into the financial system. And then the COVID crisis brought another flood of new money. This created massive stock and bond bubbles, and along with it, inflation. The Fed then faced a no-win scenario. Keep the spigots open and see inflation worsen, or shut off the tap and watch the markets tank. After enough bad choices, eventually things get so bad that there's no easy way out. But there is a right way out. Bite the bullet, take the pain, reduce the money supply, break the back of inflation, and cut spending. It won't be easy, but it worked in the 1980s, and it can work now. The nationwide average price for a gallon of gasoline in the U.S. has topped $5 for the first time ever. AAA said the average price on Sunday was 5.01. 
Motorists in some parts of the country, especially California, are paying far above that. The national average price has jumped 19 cents in just the past week, and it's up $1.93 from this time last year. Speaking to reporters, President Biden says his administration is working hard to try and boost oil supply and ease the pressure on gasoline prices. We've significantly increased the number of of barrels of oil that are being pumped out of the reserve we have. We've got 240,000 barrels as well coming uh, uh, from other nations. We're going to keep pushing on it. Biden did offer the weak explanation that Russia's invasion of Ukraine is a factor behind soaring gas prices. It's outrageous what the war in Ukraine is causing. Meantime, motorist Nick Shafson, who was filling his tank at a station in Brooklyn where a gallon of gas was $5.15, says he'll have to cut back on other things like vacation for his greater good. Look, we're still under the top 100 in countries in the world in gas. We're doing the right thing in the Ukraine. It's, it's a Putin push. It's fine. Don Perkins, a six-time Pro Bowl running back with the Dallas Cowboys in the 1960s, has died. Daybreak Insider sportscaster Ron DeRoxtra has that story. Don Perkins played with the Dallas Cowboys in the 1960s after graduating from the University of New Mexico, where he was a standout player. The three-time All-Pro rushed for 6,217 yards in 107 games while with the Cowboys from 1961 to 68. He's fourth on the team's career list behind NFL career rusher leader Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, and Ezekiel Elliott. Perkins is fifth in team history with his 42 rushing touchdowns. Don Perkins died Thursday at the age of 84. Rhonda Rockster reporting. And finally, a strawberry supermoon will be a special viewing treat for the astronomer in your life. This supermoon happens when the moon's orbit is closest to Earth, presenting us with a larger, brighter full moon. The strawberry moon gets its name from the Maine Farmer's Almanac, which in the 1930s began publishing Native American names for full moons. According to the Almanac, the Algonquin tribes called this the Strawberry Moon. Biggest full moon of the year to brighten the night skies. The Strawberry Supermoon appears tomorrow night, but best viewing will be Tuesday when it reaches full brightness. The name isn't necessarily because the full moon will appear red, but the fact that it takes place during strawberry harvest season. Astronomers call the phenomenon a supermoon because it occurs when the moon orbits closest to the Earth. The moon will appear full for about three days, through Wednesday morning. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.